We're going to pop yeah, it's time to talk about Aliens. I'm surprised I didn't do an Aliens one, considering I saw it fairly recently before we spun it on the magic wheel. But whatever, we spun it, spun it on the magic wheel, so here I am talking about it. The first thing we see is, like, this ship. Like, it's like a freighter ship. It's like a... They're carrying shit. And the team stops on a dwarf planet, and they see another spaceship. Okay, does that spaceship look like a human made it? No? Stay the fuck away from it. They make the first mistake by going over there, and investigating. Don't investigate shit. Stay in the ship. Like, I get maybe you think that there's humanoids or a human on that ship that needs help. But, yeah. But if you're going in there thinking someone needs help, okay, great, fine, whatever. You go in there seeing to help somebody. They find the corpse of a giant alien. That right there tells me we need to go. Nothing on this ship is useful for us. More of that thing could be around. Or maybe he's dead. Or maybe there's one that's wounded that could still fucking kill us. But those things look dangerous to us. They don't look like, you know, fluffy puppies. They made the mistake of continuing to investigate. And, and then they found this room full of wet eggs that are all gooey. First of all, this area with the gooey, the fly trap floor looks like it's a trap by a, by a creature to catch its food, you know? I would not touch that floor. So they not only went in there... But they saw that the egg had movement inside. And then they said, hey, what if we get real close to it? You had anybody with any common sense. If Ripley went out with them, this wouldn't have happened. Because Ripley is the only competent person on this ship. Let me go and look at this fucking egg real close. And then it opens. And then they're like, oh, it's opening. Let me look closer at the miracle of life. And it fucking grabs his face. Cautionary tale. Cautionary tale. You need this. You need this kind of story to tell people in the future. Don't fuck with wet eggs. So this egg latched on to uh, the fucking helmet of this guy and gets on his face. And they're like, we need to get him back to the ship. No, absolutely not. You need to do what with who? Bring him back to the other people who aren't contaminated with fucking face hugger eggs? We don't know that he's contaminated with a face hugger egg. All we know is that he has an alien strapped to his face that attacked him. Do not bring that alien back to the ship. It could cause all types of trouble all types of trouble you know we get that from from the only competent person on this ship you know she's like no don't bring that shit in here and they're all like come on come on and so the science officer's like i want to study it and so they let him study this thing that's still on his buddy's face they try to remove it to be fair and it like grabs him harder and starts to choke him to death so they were like okay okay let's put him in let's let's put him in the x-ray machine they did something to make it drip blood and when the blood, like, dripped through the floor, it was acid. You learned a lesson here. And that lesson is, aliens could be fucking anything. They could be creatures that latch onto your face, and, and their blood could be acid. And anything horrible you can imagine, that's what that could be. And that's why you should listen to the only competent person on the ship. But no. No. I want to study it some more. So they continue to study this fucking thing. They're like, oh, you know, we got it off Kane's face, or it got off Kane's face. So Kane is fine. Ladies and gentlemen, Kane was not fine. He laid on that, he, he, he was eating dinner with everybody, and I guess he ate something spicy that didn't agree with him. And he started just having the worst case of, of heartburn ever. And this chest burster just comes out of his chest. Apparently, like, if I remember right, like, this prosthetic or whatever was set up and the other people didn't know it. Let me double check that fun fact. That they set up the chest burster scene and, without telling the other actors so they can get a legitimate reaction when it did pop out of his chest. And boy, was that reaction amazing. Especially the lady with the short hair. 
She is terrified. Go back and watch that scene. It is hilarious. More method acting that took place in this movie um, was that they, they scared the cat for real, like with a dog. And they put a dog in a cage in front of the cat and the cat freaked out. So that's real fear. It's not a, it's not a xenomorph exactly, but I'm thinking the xenomorph would have done the trick. Have you ever seen people putting on cat masks in front of their cats and freaking their cats out? That would have been enough. You didn't have to bring the pit bull here. <laughs> but yeah, I, I double-checked that fact about the chestburster, and that was a legit fact. Another fact that I found out doing that research was that they had the guy that played the alien, uh, when he took off his stuff and would, like, eat lunch or whatever, they had him eat lunch and stuff separately from the cast, so they would never see the alien until it was time to shoot. And then when it was time to shoot, it was legitimate, like, reactions of, like, oh, God, the paranoia and fear of the alien was legit i love little things like that when you get like certain things are real and legit um something happened like that in a movie i recently saw and i can't wait to talk about that one um but it won't be for a while unfortunately uh it was dr strange love uh we'll talk about that when we get to it because the filming of that movie is a whole thing upon itself like i like getting into how the movies were filmed as well as the movie itself you know like i love getting into it and figuring that stuff out finding out how they did little things method acting the, the face hugger the bur the face the chest burster i love the names they give these things very obvious to the point very human names like chest burster <laughs> guess what guess where that comes from and like face hugger guess what it does you know i can't remember what they named the prometheus alien the engineer i think is what they call it um something like that but i think that became real like that because they named it that in Fanon, like, they started calling that in the movie universe. The, I think they're called engineers. Uh, and then I think maybe the name made the story about how they engineered life on Earth and stuff like that. But we don't get to that till we get to Prometheus, which I'm not sure we're going to put on the wheel. We'll see what happens. So I may or may not talk about that one. The alien now goes and escapes. And they go and try to find it. Except... Then they get freaked out by something, but it's the cat. It's Jonesy. So we get introduced to Jonesy the cat, who is wonderful and a fantastic uh, method actor. Ripley is the only one with a calm head. You know, she's the only one with a calm demeanor. And that gets broken down throughout the movie. We get to see her have a legitimate, like, loss of her composure. The story feels genuine when you get to see a character start off as cool-headed. She's still cool-headed, but she has a breakdown at the end of this movie. And then in the next movie, how this these actions have affected her we'll talk about that next week we'll talk about aliens aliens next week but that's you know i like the way that the story like followed ripley and her story they did a good job and a tasteful job of depicting like ptsd and like trauma i thought i always thought that the cyborg b plot of this movie was too much like i was like why'd you have to add that in this universe but they did a good job of world building i think it was a good world building decision but as far as like a storytelling decision in this story it only really helps aliens and i feel like if aliens didn't happen i would hate the cyborg more but the cyborg was engineered to uh get aliens specifically xenomorphs that was the plan the whole time and she's like your fucking plan like fucked my crew dude it's like she's playing Darkest Dungeon, and this unlocks a new uh, fear in her that's just like a paranoia of androids, which comes back in the second movie. But even then, you could have taken that plot completely out of the movie. It, it was like, okay, I don't care about this, and I didn't care about it in the sequel, especially since they kind of redid the whole we came here all along for aliens shtick, 
But let's get back to Alien 1. She's like, we gotta escape to the, like, few remaining teammates she has left. And they all get fucking destroyed by the alien. This alien hunts like Batman. If you ever played Batman Arkham Asylum, Batman is terrifying in those games. He reminds me a lot of how the Xenomorph hunts in this movie. And I think that that's an inspiration for Arkham Asylum, is that kind of psychological, what if you were the monster in a horror movie kind of feeling. And I think that's what fits Batman, honestly. Here we see that the alien takes people out effectively and quickly, too. And it has a little mouth inside of its mouth. So it can give you two kisses. I think that the mouth inside the mouth is so fucking cool. Um, Geiger, like, really, like, popped off when he designed this kind of aesthetic. This, like, gross xenomorph aesthetic. If anybody, I don't know if he's still alive, but I would love him to design, I know he has a, he has a museum, and I would love for him to design, like, the alien homeworld, if we ever get a movie on the alien homeworld. Ripley has to escape, so she's like, shit, I gotta get out of here, what do I do? Ah, I can use the escape pod, great, excellent, and then I can blow up their ship, self-destruct it, and then kill the alien, because the robot told her, oh, you can't kill the alien, and that seemed to be the case at the end of this movie, when she blew up the ship, got into the escape pod with the cat, and the cat is her only crew now. So she is, like, very attached to this cat. And she puts it in stasis. And, the uh-oh, the alien had escaped with her on the escape pod. It's like, oh, my God. If you thought she was traumatized before, imagine now every shadow she has to look in and be like, is am I going to get attacked? Who knows? Maybe. You never know. Like, when she went to sleep at the end of the movie, I was like, how do you go to sleep soundly knowing that that creature exists? You know? And maybe it could have laid an egg in the ship. And, like, you, you, you don't know. You are paranoid for the rest of your life and that really comes in aliens she ends up using the some gas that doesn't work and then she ends up ejecting it out of the airlock then it fucking grabs on to like something attached to a cord and starts pulling itself back and it climbs into the into the boosters and she just turns the boosters on and fucking you know incinerates it only it doesn't look totally dead when it's flying off into space so maybe it was right maybe they were right and it is immortal it flies off into space you know is it far enough away from me did i blast it to some other humans is it gonna land on earth like there's a thousand questions that you have now excellent movie it was a it was like a the genre defining movie and it named some tropes i went on the tv tropes to find about the trivia and apparently i named a ton of tropes and we'll talk about aliens with an s next week thanks for listening